Congratulations, you found it. This is a book podcast featuring books you will want to read. Recommended by people who are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Featuring Martha Steele, radio personality extraordinaire and queen of the volunteer librarians. Nicole Shaded, sports animal wrangler, shield maiden, and book warrior. And Vonnie Golden, healthcare billing diva, volunteer librarian, and book goddess. Together, slaying the dragons, catching serial killers, exploring history, space-time, and alternative realities. Searching for and finding book treasures every week. They are three book girls. You will never guess what was in our target cart this evening. What? It was pretty random. (laughs) We're going down the aisle. (laughs) I said, you know, if somebody just took a glance in our cart, they would, I don't know what they would think. (laughs) Because we... Was it a gun? We had a double thing of Drano, two hula hoops. <laughs> Some Nerf guns. And a packet of Nerf guns and a shirt. And <laughs> so I'm a mystery writer. My search history always looks like that. <laughs> In case you're wondering, we have two guests tonight. We have Mariana Evans, who is a mystery writer. Uh, one of our first really, really popular writers. Yay! Yay. Oh, welcome! And uh, we, our third book girl this week is Josh. Hello. Will you do the falsetto for us? How do you mean? The, <laughs> like talk the, Can you oh, talk a little? Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the third book girl. <laughs> the beard gives you away, though, honey. <laughs> they can't see it. Okay, they can't see me. <laughs> now they know that he yeah. has a beard. What? Now they know that she has a beard. Oh, yes. J- Joshetta. 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 It he, suits her. She should have listened to our plucking episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, she would still be plucking. Whatever the case was three weeks ago. <laughs> just keep coming back. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be coming back while she was plucking. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Uh, yeah, we, we went to Target before we came here, and we were... I think it was last week that we were talking about. See, I have this really bad habit while we're doing the podcast. I get excited and we're talking about stuff and I interrupt and I talk over the top of people. So I told Vani I was going to buy her a Nerf gun. And that so way that, she started doing I so, could just shoot her. So she could just. As I talk over her. Sort time. of like the squirt bottle mm-hmm. with a cat, you know. <laughs> <laughs> to get him to stop yeah. doing whatever you want him to stop doing. She said I couldn't squirt her with a squirt gun, though. No. No because water cannons. We wanna, don't want to get vodka on the board over Ow. here. <laughs> True. That might be bad. <laughs> yeah, water and electronics don't go together. So, yeah, we were we were buying Nerf guns, and we were going down the aisle, and Bonnie goes, Oh, look, a hula hoop! <laughs> so she picks it up and proceeds to try to... I used to be really good at it. (laughs) And me, not to be outdone, picks up a hula hoop and starts doing it. And then we realize where we were. (laughs) It's like, I think we need to do this in the privacy of our own home. So we bought a couple of them so we can do them later. (laughs) And they light up. I think get a photo and it can be the logo for the book girls. So this week we may have a podcast and a YouTube video. Uh, we'll have to wear bags on our heads though. So that they can't identify us when it goes viral. Because one of you has a beard. Look at these old ladies trying to hula hoop. Yeah, it is. It was already pretty hilarious in the aisle of the Target. Oh, and it is Earth Day. Oh, gosh, yes. It is Earth Day, Mother Earth. And we brought 
Mariana's a scientist. I am. What, and is I used your, to, what is your degree in? My bachelor's is in engineering physics. My master's is in chemical engineering. And I worked for a number of years as an environmental consultant. So I love Earth Day. And you drive a Prius. And I drive a Prius. <laughs> so it's the perfect... Perfect. pulled up, I went, oh my gosh, she drives a Prius! <laughs> <laughs> Kendra's soul. <laughs> so we figured this would be a perfect day to have you come on the podcast because you're actually a scientist. I am. Mm-hmm. And maybe we could even pick your brain on the time travel issue since Josh and Ooh, I tend to go in that's time, a good tra- one. time travel. I love a good time travel story. Oh my gosh. That'll take up the whole hour. Yes, <laughs> we are seriously. Oh my gosh. I spend a lot of time on those time travel novels. Yeah, and while you I'm, do that, I will push my microwave alone and away and finish my scone. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I don't like time travel. I mean, everyone loves Doctor Who. But oh, those yes, aren't Doctor Who. usually mm-hmm. what I gravitate towards. Now, Vani's more of a, she mo- tends to more go into the historical fiction realm. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On a regular basis. And, I like historical uh, fiction too, but when the characters go there from From other places, time, right. from, from back in time. <laughs> and then change it and yeah, yeah. mess everything up. Yeah. That's a little bit more fun in my book too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Why don't we start by... Do you want to be in the middle? I'll be in the middle. Do you want to be the creamy center to our cookie? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then mine is uh, another book about Oklahoma. It's a mystery, but it's historical. So okay, wherever so you want to put that in the mix. We'll, we'll do that in the middle, too. You can be next to Josh. Okay. And then we'll come back and do mine at the end. Okay. Do you want to? You can go first if you want to. It's been a while since you've gone oh, first. Yeah, it has been it's really, what it's is? really up to you. Okay. Right. <clears throat> and you read the first one in the series anyway. You read the first one in the series anyway, so it makes I sense did, for you that, to go first. That's not the one I want to talk about. Oh, okay. So never mind. <laughs> well, the reason that I want to talk about, uh, okay. First of all, let me tell the story. All right. I'm the type of person that I'll look at the library because um, I listen to audio, and I'll go, okay, this looks good, and I like mysteries, so I'll usually sort of scroll through and look at what's on offer. And I was scrolling through and I noticed that this book had an Oklahoma flavor. So I was like, hmm, I haven't read anything with an Oklahoma flavor in the, in a, in the mystery category. And, oh my gosh, it's got archeology span in it. I'm picking that. So picked the book, read the book, loved the book. And I, I couldn't believe my luck when I found out that you were on Facebook and then I... Made, Everybody's on Facebook. I know. <laughs> but I did, well, the truth is, I did not think that you would respond. I mean, because it is kind of weird when some strange person sends you a message and says, <laughs> Oh my God, look at that. <laughs> we live for that. You read it and think, hmm, this may be my new stalker. <laughs> well, yeah. Not a stalker. Martha would be a great stalker, though, because she'd bring you Starbucks and pastries every time that she stalked you. Uh, so, I mean... Could you be There's my no downside to that? You know? <laughs> I think I am already your stalker. <laughs> you kind of are. But that's okay. You bring me Starbucks, Starbucks and pastries. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we, we, we talked and she agreed to come on the show. Um, and the name of the book that I read, it was Burials by Marianna Evans. Um, the thing that I liked about it right away was, of course, the fact that it has archaeology in it. And I love, I always have, because I grew up in Wyoming, and my brother-in-law would always take us out to hunt for arrowheads. And that was his hobby. And so I got a lot of that, I don't know whether you call it a fever, yeah. for the excitement of discovery in 
archaeology. I used to want to be an archaeologist when I grew up until I realized I was going to have to go to college to do that. <laughs> I was like, what? Pesky little problem. <laughs> Can I just go find rocks? Well, cool that's rocks. what I do on, uh, in my spare time. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a rock hunter. I know it's a weird hobby. Anyway. Um, it's not. Some it's of them are very pretty. Yeah, it, uh, yeah that's, that's my sciencey thing. I like to hunt rocks. So anyway, uh, there were uh, the second thing that I noticed that was really interesting to me is the m- main character's husband's last name is the same as Nicole, the other book girl, her boyfriend's last name. Is no kidding. Yeah. Really? So like, oh, my god! I didn't gosh, know that. This is it's some kind of a sign or something. <laughs> I've got to read this book. So the fact that Joe, who's one of the main characters, mm-hmm. is native as well, right. really sort of upped the ante for me. Another thing, it's about, it's, it's got two things that I loved. I love cold case files. Mm-hmm. I love that whole, you know, this, it's something that was never solved. So they're at this archaeological dig in Oklahoma. It comes from Florida with her husband, whose dad lives in Oklahoma and they're going to scatter the mom's ashes and so she's invited to participate in this dig and right away stuff starts happening they show up to the dig and they're being shot at Hmm. and I'm like oh this is going to be good oh my gosh this is going to be good so then we find out that this archaeologist that had worked on the project previously because it had been worked on and then abruptly shut down mm-hmm. and then um nobody ever knew what happened to this woman they just assumed that she'd left mm-hmm. they just assumed that she'd run off well it turns out that as they began the dig again they find her body in the hole oh. which she is really murdered. yeah she was murdered <laughs> So you find all of these connections between the people who are currently on the dig, who were on the dig before, and Joe's dad has a connection to the whole story. So I liked the intricacy. I love the interwoven connections between all of the characters. I found that it was a very well-written book, and I liked the voice uh, that was, I mean, I like the girl that read the novel too. She was, she's good. She's very good because I like audiobooks because then I could do that while I'm doing other things. But, um, overall I would, I was very impressed with the book and I really loved the fact that I could share this. A lot of people that don't read on a regular basis will sometimes pick something up if they feel connected to it. And the people in Oklahoma are very proud of their native heritage. They're very interested in sharing that and wanting other people to know about it as well. So I thought, wow, you know, this is gonna be big for us here because I know I'll be able to get other people to read this. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, I highly recommend it because it was the kind of book that had every, it had all the hallmarks of what I like. The cold case? Yes, it had the cold case thing. Archaeology. It had archaeology. And it had an excellent story that I didn't figure out who the killer was. Oh, that's good to hear. Because yes. <laughs> if I, I tell you right now, it's the kiss of death. If I figure it out, I won't read it. I won't, I won't recommend it to anybody. And if I figure it out and I get to the end, I have been known to throw a novel. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me very cross if I figure out who did it. Especially if I figure it out really early on. 
Right. So. But even if you figure it out, sometimes the story leading up to it is worth it. No, no. That's no, sort of no. like watching the movie <laughs> Apollo 13. I, I was not I interested. I that movie. No. I did too. You know, I already knew what was going to happen. You already know See, they're the not going to die. Never so how can you get all bent out right. of shape watching it? You know? for me too. Uh, Sixth Sense got spoiled for me long before I even knew what it was. Right. And so by the time I thought to watch it, I already knew the damn it ending. It makes so. me so cross. I do not like knowing the ending. I, I agree. It's just a personal thing. Okay, uh, now Sixth Sense, I can agree with that one. But Apollo 13 is something that happened in history. It's an, it's a historical event. Don't and you want to know the story? Exactly I know, happened. but now you know the story that led to why that happened and how it was perceived by America and how was it not interesting that nobody was excited about these astronauts until they were going to die and then everybody was tuning in to see what the astronauts were doing well people are because ghouls. they were in distress yes, they really are people are ghouls but that was not uh, see that was really I've, I've watched that movie like four times <laughs> I've seen it more than that it's really a personal thing it, it's that way every one of those movies that gets made out of an event like like the guy who landed the airplane on the river cool neat Let's move on. I don't want to see a movie about it. So you don't like any biopics? No, I just I. Did you like American Gangster? Did you watch that? I didn't Denzel? watch that. It's awesome. No, I didn't watch that. I just uh, everybody's got their personal thing. Okay, stop <laughs> looking at me like that. Well, no, that's okay. I mean, I like historical fiction because even if I know how the that's book's going to end because of historical events, but that's different though because you because the characters aren't. You can make shit up. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, but this is the same thing. You no, don't think they made up some the of the stuff? Thing. I'm sure it's that the they thing. didn't like say the exact words that those astronauts said. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> they had transcripts. I bet they did. Listen, Tom Hanks is in it, and he's awesome. I love Tom Hanks. I like I like Tom Hanks too. So I'll give you that. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Don't dog my movie. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't, mean to, I didn't mean to hit a button. So anyway, um, I would highly rec recommend Burials. I thought that it brought a lot of good things to the table. And I think that if you are a mystery reader, you may also enjoy some of Mariana's other books. I read the first one as well, um, which is called Artifacts. And uh, it took place in Florida. Now... Since I'm on a roll here, I'll just go right into the next one. I liked that one as well for a couple of reasons, but they were different reasons. And I probably would not have read that book if I hadn't read the first one that you wrote. And it's because I didn't probably have that connection to it, you know, like I did the reasons that I read the first one. But when I began reading it, I learned some things that I didn't know before. And I felt a connection to a population that I'd never had felt before. There were a lot of references to um, slaves and freed slaves. And I liked the story that you told to go along with that. I liked the story of Schwoyer's, the the whole um, ownership of property and the home that she's fighting to, to keep. Mm -hmm. She owns this big plantation in mm -hmm. Florida that's been run down and, and uh, she really doesn't have a legal claim. I think she talks about some of that. She does in, 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 in some of the other books as well, and, yeah. but that was mm -hmm. the, the introduction to it. 
and it also had the archaeology um, connection yes twist and i have to admit that once once that i like the fact that there wasn't any a huge amount of romance in either one of those books now i know that some of the ones in the middle kind of have that Mm -hmm. and i usually that's my first (laughs) flag and i'm like no 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 I don't know why I don't like romance. I well, see, I'm kind of like you, actually. I wrote Artifacts intending there would never be any romance between those two. He's nine years younger. Yeah, and you I know, really... And, and it, it evolved over the over yeah. the books, but yeah. it's never the, f- the front focal. story. Yeah, it's, it's always going on in the background. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I really liked about it, is the fact that it did not have that. And, and burials didn't really have it either. Because they were already married. They were old married couple by then. And so you didn't have a lot of, I don't know. It's it's just a personal thing when I'm reading a book. I'm always interested in the actual story and and depending on what the characters are like. But it does have a little bit of romance in it. So if somebody does like... Well, the one that you read does. The romance. Okay. Well, if somebody does like a little bit of romance in their novels... It would be good for them. Also. I guess if they want a romance story, maybe not because it's right, a, it's a little it's bit. Not but it's a just, story. it just to me, right. it's supposed to be about real life, and in, in real life, people have relationships. Yes, they do. While they're yeah. doing other stuff. Yes, mm-hmm. they do. Yeah. But I liked uh, I liked all of this sciency stuff. I liked hearing about the dig. Um, I liked the fact that she was in in the in artifacts. She was sort of like. I think they call it a pot hunter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was a pot hunter on the side, which sort of meant that she was digging illegally. Yes. But she was doing it for a good cause. <laughs> well, so long as it was for a good cause. I'm sure the judge would let her off because it was Probably for a good not, cause. Probably not. She's basically trying to, trying to pay the taxes on this house right. that she had inherited. Mm-hmm. And it talks about her heritage um, as a... Having having a slave uh, as one of her ancestors, and so you got a lot of interesting background there that I had never read anything like that before. That had that feeling of the historical tendrils that you, because my family's not particularly interested in in their mm-hmm. background, um, and that's not really a part of the way I grew up. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always very interested to see people's histories and the way that they affect their their lives so i liked that part of that book also but mainly for me it was the archaeology it had a good mystery going with it um and it had a smashing ending oh good yes (laughs) smashing ending so once again i'll I'll give that one a, a very high mark as well i'm i'm into the second one which is findings relics relics Relics. Yeah, the one with the emerald on the cover. That's Findings. That's number four. Number four? Oh, it's also on the island. Maybe I am Maybe I went out of order then. Maybe so, because the second one's in Alabama. I didn't read the second okay, one then. so yeah, you've got Findings. I got a little out of out of whack. Go there, she emerald. usually doesn't read anything in order. <laughs> well, I write them where you don't have to, because I don't ever want anybody to be standing in the library going, Oop, can't read any of them because number one is gone. Yeah, <laughs> so. some people are like that. Some people yeah. are very particular about it. Right. I, I usually try to see what the order is, 
But I liked the fact that I got more of the Joyer's story right away, you know, mm -hmm. because she's then working for the guy who owns the slave museum. Mm -hmm. And there's a mystery involving him because he gets, I'm not, no, I can't tell that. It's pretty early in it's the It's right in the first, it's, he it gets kicks killed. Out. Yeah. And so the mystery is there and there's a big old emerald, you know, so you got a good mystery going there. And I didn't finish that one yet. So still working on that one. That one, that one's the one that ends with a question. Oh. Mm -hmm. Somebody asked me, did the book stand alone? And they do. The mysteries stand alone. But her personal life has now carried on for 10 books. Wow. And so the... So the, you get a lot of insight. Uh, it's in it's like... A little bit into the character's yeah. um, background. It's like she's my life. best friend now. She just <laughs> sits on my shoulder and tells me stories. It's got to be a bit like Bones, you know, about... The, uh, oh, who's the... Isn't that Kathy Rikes? Yes, Kathy Rikes. Um, and her characters. It's got to be a bit like that because, yeah. I mean, she's been writing that forever. She has. Yeah. yeah. I would say both of those. First, the the first two that I read, the first one and and then the last one, I would recommend both of those. And I can't recommend number four until I finish it. Really? So I'll have to come back on and do that later. Yes, we can move on to somebody else, and then I'll just talk about some more of that when I think of it. <laughs> Josh, because, when did you? Because I'll go. interrupt someone else later. I'm sure. <laughs> Don't interrupt me. Um. <laughs> do, you want the, do you want the Nerf gun? I can get that Ooh, for you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That bad boy. <laughs> do you have scissors? Yeah. I need scissors. Okay. Well, I read uh, Ready Player One by Ernest Cline. Which is awesome. I read that one too. Sorry. Fucking amazing book. Um, and actually, cool story. It's actually the book that got me back into reading because there there'd been about oh maybe three or four, maybe five years or so where I hadn't actually just like sat down and read anything. Eh, I think probably four years. But and you're so young anyway. I know. What are you? Twenty two. Four. Twenty four. Uh, twenty five in like three weeks. Goodness. Um, Such I know I can run boy. a car. I'm pumped. You um, can rent a car yeah. now at 25. And your insurance will plummet. Oh, my God. I'm so excited for that. Yes. Insurance is going way down. They think I'm a responsible driver just because I'm 25. Little do they know. Um, but, yeah, so I read this book for the first time probably three years ago. And as soon as I finished it, uh, I went and I bought another book, and since since the first time I read this, I've read fifty and some change. That's not bad. Maybe Good. maybe sixty. I filled up like three full rows on my bookshelf, and there's some scattered on the outside. So this was a read. catalyst of catalyst for change. Right. Yes. Excellent. And not only that, it was. Fucking amazing. It was to read. a really good book. I have Fuck, to it's admit, awesome. it was it's a awesome. very, very good book. Um, pretty short. It's like 350 pages, so quick read, but even quicker because it's written super well and it's just really, it just tunes you in. I, mm -hmm. I was reading it while I worked and I didn't want to quit reading it after my shift had ended. Like I oh, ended wow. up sitting there for another like 10 <laughs> or 15 minutes so I could finish whatever chapter or maybe another chapter. He does a lot of waiting in his job. I do. I he see. sets up the, the equipment for mm -hmm. the radio station um for the jocks to mm -hmm. do their work and then he has to wait until the show's over and then tear everything down and take it. Yeah, so sometimes uh -huh. I have like four hours, like usually it's three or four. He has to just sit there. 
Well, see, yes. when I was about your age, I had a period of time like that because I was working on my master's thesis, and it was in the ancient days of computers, and I would start my program, and two hours would go by. So I would just start it on two computers in the middle of the night when nobody was there and read until it came back and told me I'd made a mistake. And <laughs> oh then I, you know, so, yep, read a lot wow. during those years. So, so give, us, give us a reason why we should read this book. Tell, okay. tell us about who, what it's about. So this is set in 2044, and there's been an ongoing energy crisis for, I think, the past couple of decades. Ooh, very good. Pull that down to shoot. Now you can shoot it. And hopefully I loaded it right because... Oh, if somebody yeah. starts to interrupt you, you no, I want this then one. you can shoot. Yes. And you just awesome. pull the trigger. I like this show yeah. so much more now. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're awesome. testing the Nerf gun. Awesome. Sorry, I, ga- I gave our guests toys. <laughs> now, this is important because, you know, as I. Toys and sugar and coffee. As I get excited and I start to, to get all over your, your review, Josh, then you all you have to do is point it. You don't actually have to fire it. Yeah, good luck with that. Um. <laughs> now that I have everybody armed. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely not going to interrupt. <laughs> okay, Josh. Okay, so there's been an ongoing energy crisis in the world, and... Um, Kind of at the same time, there has been a development in virtual reality technology where there's a a program called, uh, it's an acronym, is the OASIS. And it's, you know, it's some jargon that makes it up. But it started off small, but then it kind of grew into another world, basically, a virtual world, wherein the currency and the statue that you have in the OASIS is basically as real as the real world and you know people go on there to do shopping and they go on there for jobs and all sorts of stuff and a lot of people go on there just to escape their drab awful real world lives it kind of reminded me of second life when i first read it but second life never turned into anything Mm -hmm. but but at the beginning i think this came out at about the time that second life was so it was happening. inspired by, perhaps. I don't know if it was or know. not, but it definitely had that same feeling. Mm-hmm. Like it could, it felt to me like it could happen. I mean, it really did. The right. way he did oh, absolutely. it, it really felt like it could yeah, happen. No doubt. But uh, a thing that got me, like you were talking about, is the main characters from Oklahoma City. And he oh. lives in, they're called Stacks. It's trailer parks that they literally stacked trailers on top of Which, if you think about it, makes no bleeding sense at all. Right. Because it's tornado central. Right. And they would get knocked yeah. over He definitely did not live here in Oklahoma <laughs> because that would not be a thing. No, it no. would not um, be It would be buried. <laughs> right, <laughs> absolutely. Buried stacks might yeah, work. Yeah, that would work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then the earthquakes. But anyway, <laughs> 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 That's true. Um, and, and his trailer park is at the corner of Portland and I-40. And so it's just right over there. And the main character's name is Wade Watts. Um, there actually is a trailer park over there. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, Mike actually live here at one point. His probably... name is Ernest Klein. We're going to have to look at... While well, you're good doing call. that, I'm looking Very it good. up. Very good. Then you won't interrupt me. 
<laughs> so Wade, uh, his parents have died, and so he's lived with his aunt in these stacks, and she's like a drunk drug user, um, has terrible boyfriends that live with her and treat him like crap, and so he escapes to the Oasis as often as he can. He's got his own little hideout underneath. It's it's in a a panel van, basically, buried underneath a bunch of cars uh, with an antenna run all the way to the top mm-hmm. so he can jack in okay. and get on the Oasis. And at the beginning of the book, the creator of the Oasis, he's beyond wealthy. Got, yeah, I think he's worth... Something like two hundred and forty odd billion dollars. More than that. I thought he was under the trillions, but um, but he dies, and when he dies, a video will get sent out to every user on the Oasis, saying that he's put his entire estate, his uh, controlling stake in the um, company, the company, whatever it's called, GSS or something like that. He's put it in an Easter egg that he's hidden. <laughs> In the Oasis. And you have to know what an mm. Easter egg is, because when I started reading this book, I had no oh, that's freaking true. I was idea a, what I'll, an Easter egg was. I've been a video was. gamer for my whole life, so I mean... I it had just, no idea. I knew it. So an Easter egg, it's just like a little a little cool little thing that creators will put into the game that usually the company doesn't know about. <laughs> um, be it their name, where they wouldn't have normally gotten credit for something, or maybe just like a funny little picture, or maybe something pops out. And so he writes it into the code and puts it in the game, but he also creates three gates and three keys that you have to find. You have to find the first key and then find the first gate, and then, you know, there's tasks to get through it all. Mm -hmm. And he was a real weird dude, recluse dude, and really set in his interests. And Mm -hmm. he grew up as a kid in the 80s, so that's what he really loved was 80s pop culture. Mm Mm-hmm. And so that made a huge, ridiculous comeback because he was obsessed with the pop culture, and so he made it. He made his part Easter of it. eggs, and all of his. Oh. All of, it was all a part of the game, which was then the way for the whoever was going to inherit right. his right. fortune and his company and everything. everything. They'd have it to love what he there. loved. It was out there yeah. for anybody and anybody and take. everybody on the Oasis, and so mm-hmm. the world just went nuts. Mm-hmm. So, like, for the were first the tasks years. like? Like well, you only knew things? the first. Well, and it wasn't even really a task; it was a riddle mm-hmm. to where you would find the first key, and that's all I gave you. It wasn't for the other ones. You got the other ones as you found the keys and the gates. Oh, okay. You got the next riddle to find the next um, clue to get or to so get where you needed to go. Super, super complicated, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but to understand the riddle, you had to basically be him. You had to have all his interests and know them all by heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the world just got obsessed. There's the the main antagonist is a group called IOI, Innovative Online Industries, and they've put all their money and effort into building an army, basically, and like a like a crack team to find everything so they can take over the company, the company, and take over the oasis and charge monthly fees. Mm-hmm. And basically just dick it over so they can make more money. And uh, everybody else in the world basically hates them right. because the Oasis is free. 
and it's a great way to escape the horrible regular world. Life in the trailer park stacks. Right. <laughs> Which is... In Tornado Alley. Basically the norm for the world at this point. Right. Um, and so Wade is obsessed with it. I mean, he lives... He's, he's a high got school a shit student. life. Right. He's, got, he's a high school student, and that's how he has his uh, VR gear is because he chose to go to the online school so he could get free gear. Which huh. was really one of the coolest things I thought about that book, because I thought this is is brilliant. This is a brilliant way to do education. Right. I really think so. Their, their yeah. avatar has to go to school. Oh. So they're, they have to show up at a certain time at their computer console, and then their avatar goes and sits in the classroom. Hmm. So and if they're not online, their avatar isn't there, and then they're absent. Exactly. Right. So that way there's no infrastructure for the huh. school mm-hmm. and all of the costs that are associated with it. Right. I mean, I find myself hyper-focusing on that because yeah. I thought it was such a cool idea yeah. and mm-hmm. such a brilliant way to do it. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry. And so there's uh, the sort of person that Wade is. Um, online, he's called a, uh, a gunter, which is just egg hunter for short, and that's basically the class of people that he's joined. Um, and there's clans, and there's solo people, and he's a solo person. I mean, he has friends, and he you know chats with them and whatnot, and goes and hangs out with them, but they don't really like. But he's kind of dish a, out. He's kind of a loner too. Oh though. yeah, he's a weirdo. He's he's a weird dude. They make the best protagonists. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, and so he's poor, and so he can't really go anywhere like in the oasis, and so he's stuck on his home world. I, I God, this show's hard because I I want to just talk about the whole book. Yeah, I know. But I can't give away too well, much. Well, see, that's the thing that we try to avoid is going too too deep. The whole okay, well, is- I can hit this first part because, I mean, you're going to get to it anyways. Right. So he's one of the first two people, which he doesn't know, um, to find the first key. So the key stays there. He doesn't take it. I mean, no, other he people doesn't. can find it, it, it It's too. a virtual copy, so anybody that goes in there and does a task can have a key. Okay. But there's a scoreboard... Uh, that went up the second the video will hit. Oh, very key. Five years go by after the video will hits, and nobody finds anything. Mm-hmm. The, I, I missed that. Yeah, you got that me all jacked kind of up on coffee and sugar and got my brain racing. <laughs> um, <That's the> point. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so, five years go by, and nobody finds anything. Not, not even the slightest little clue as to where the key is. And he goes in, and... He gets sword and gets the key, and his name is the first name on the scoreboard. And he's a high school student from Oklahoma City. Right. He's in his senior year. He's a couple months from graduating when he finds the first key. And uh, then the world just goes apeshit (laughs) because they say, hey, this dude finally found something. Let's get it on. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not just some trick that the old man was playing on us. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so... God, I really don't want to give away no, too much. No, I think you need okay. to stop. I'll, I'll, well, it I'll sounds stop. like it's interesting. It's uh, it's just really invigorating to read. It's mm-hmm. so good. So good. That there is a movie 
being made. And Spielberg and I think Spielberg, is directing yeah, Spielberg, Spielberg is directing, directing. Yes. I had heard there was a movie, but I didn't yes. know it was Spielberg. And guess who has a first edition copy on her bookshelf? Ooh. Nice. Good for I you. I bought this like, how many ever years ago? How old is that thing? 2009. I bought it that year. 2009. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because I knew it was going to be huge the minute mm-hmm. I read it. I was like, yes, <laughs> this is huge, huge. And the movie will be fantastic if they can get all the rights to everything. Because it's based it on pop to, culture. Yeah. There's so many labels and names yep. and everything that they just have to get the rights to. Because they all pertain so much to the story. Well, if it's uh, Spielberg, he, he can get it. Right. Yeah, he can do it. And a lot of his stuff is in it too. I was going to say because shoot, he was such he a big is, deal in the eighties. Yeah. He is. I mean, he had he had yes, Indiana is. Jones and uh, all sorts Jurassic of stuff. Jurassic Park, Goonies, and wait, did he do Goonies? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he did the Goonies for sure. That's why it's so good. Yeah. So yeah. But yes, Ready Player One, like twelve out of ten stars. Yeah, it's I agree. Unbelievably I agree. recommended. I absolutely loved it. In fact, I need to go back and listen to it again because I did listen to it on audio. Usually, mm-hmm. what I will do is I listen to the book on audio, and then if I love it, I go out and buy mm-hmm. a copy there you go. to put on my bookshelf, mm-hmm. and then I share by you know giving copies to other people. So I do support artists. I'm by giving by, by giving books by giving the books away. I don't necessarily purchase them until I've decided that I them, but you know what I'm saying. So yeah. So there we are. Very good. That's a that's a high recommendation. Yes, yes mm-hmm. like and that's one of the books super we, we saw that at Target actually. Because we were walking around and she's like, Oh, that's the one that Josh was talking about. I bet about. it's they're, still full price too. Yeah, they're it's probably pre sale in the movie. They're gonna re release yeah, that book. Yep. They're gonna have the the, co- mm-hmm. the cover that will change here pretty yeah. quick. Yep. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I better get one before the cover changes. You better. Yeah, because right. I hate they it when it for like 12 bucks mm-hmm. right. or something. Mm-hmm. The, I want the original yeah. mm-hmm. non-movie book cover. So, Mariana, why don't we go to you? All right. Um, now, part of the prerequisite to come on the show is to have a book that's not yours. Yes. Now, we're sort of new at the author thing because they only had one other author. But when he did come on, he, he brought a book that was written by someone else. To um, to review because we were talking about his book. So, all right, I um, brought another Oklahoma book, very different from my Oklahoma book. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. and it's and the title is choice. It's called "The Old Buzzard Had It Coming." <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a, it a is, title you would pick out. It is. <laughs> it is one of those books where the the person you know the mystery is. There's two kinds of mystery. There's a lot of kinds, but two of them are either you're really sad the person was died and you want justice for them, or you are so glad they're dead, you know? <laughs> and I've written both kinds, you know, but um, this one is, the, she tells you on the front page, nobody cares that the man is dead, but they care a lot about who pay, who pays for the crime, uh-huh. um, which is the other part, you know, of you know seeking justice, which is what mysteries are all about. Uh, it is written by Donna Casey, who is from the Tulsa area. Uh, and her ancestors are from East Oklahoma, and she set the book in the uh, town Boynton, which is where her, her some of her ancestors were from. And it is set in, I think, about 1910. It's before the First World War because it's a long series, and I haven't read the later books yet, but I know that it gets into the First World War. Oh, so it's about 1910. Yeah, so you get yeah. your historical fiction, and you get your mystery, and you also get a really in-depth portrait of a woman and her relationships with other women 
and men. I mean, there, there's just it's in a small town in in 1910. You knew everybody, and they knew you, and so. So you get that small town mentality. Very much so, and so when you when you per, she's personally invested in finding out who killed this man that nobody liked because there's no question that her daughter did it, but her daughter could be involved. It could be the. Uh, the man she wants to marry. It could be, you know, some other people she cares about. And she could have been maybe too close to the event when it happened, and it could be a bad thing for her daughter. So she's early on really motivated to find out who killed this man. Um, and so uh, she, her, the woman who is the, the lead is called Alifair Tucker, uh, named after Donis's grandmother or great-grandmother. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's in her early 40s and has, I forget how many children, a lot of children. <laughs> the oldest one is about 21. The, the youngest ones are toddlers. And she's probably not finished. You the know, old school. woman who lives in the shoe. Right. But, you know, everybody had that many children in small-town agricultural Oklahoma. And, and my ancestors in Mississippi had that many children in those days. And tell the kinds of... So you can tell that Donna's listened to her ancestors when they told the stories because you get how they did things. You got you get how the day went, mm-hmm. how you managed having all those children, you know, how you parceled out the, the chores, the many chores that the mother of that many children in a pre-industrial age would have, mm-hmm. how she parceled them out so that she can go out snooping and figure out who killed this terrible man. <laughs> So I, I really enjoyed it on a lot of levels. The mystery, I did not, uh, I didn't get the mystery until the end. Uh, you didn't I, figure out who did it till the end? I had some suspicions, uh-huh. but there was a twist involving the suspicions that I will not reveal. Well, good, um, because, yeah. And I write these things, so, you know, so <laughs> right. uh, I was, I was uh, pleased with the plot and pleased with the relationships and there's and you know there's so many interesting characters because of all these children all the children of the the neighbors and the 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 cousin who's the sheriff and all that and then again as a, someone who writes this in a mystery you're always going to have a big cast of characters because you want to have a lot of suspects right but to have to juggle that many ongoing characters is my hat's off to her mm. wow. so um so anyway. and sometimes as a reader that's hard keeping track Right, of and all she of the did a good job with that. I'm not. Sh- I think she eventually gave us the names of all those children, but I w- <laughs> there was no need to memorize them all. She would tell you what the ch- the child was doing in context, so that you'd know oh, this is the oldest one and and all. And so um, she handled the cast of characters very well. Um, so yeah, so I, sometimes when you get too many characters, you, mm-hmm. you just get lost. Yeah, you do. And I didn't feel that way. And also, as a new Oklahoman, I really liked getting this look at um, my adopted state um, when I, you know, I had just written the Oklahoma book, and the, which was um, sort of a, I feel like I've lived my whole life to write about this book about Oklahoma because I set it up in 2002 when I started reading that, writing that first book that you read, because I don't know if you Joe noticed, is Joe from is from Oklahoma, and it, and it was established in that first book that he had a father he needed to call, and I let that rock on for 10 years. You know, it's like, <laughs> did you know that no. you were going to be moved to Oklahoma? I had no way to know, because, you know, I wrote, you know, the next 10 years of books, and then I decided um, that I wanted to go back to graduate school. Uh, because I wanted to teach creative writing at the college level. And so I went from Florida up to New Jersey to Rutgers and got a Master's of Fine Arts in Creative Writing and and wrote Book Nine while I was getting that degree 
And the um, and that was the book where Joe called his dad. So and that was all about them. He Joe's dad came to Florida to meet Joe's family, try to make amends. But you know that many years of bad blood doesn't get wiped away in no. one book. And so it was really obvious that the next book Joe needed to go to Oklahoma. Hmm. And I got a job at the University of Oklahoma. Oh my it was just that so random. Chills right then. I know it was like it was like I was you know apparently born to write this book. Yeah, it was just meant to be. It was yeah. written in the stars. So I got here, took the job within months. The book nine, the one, the previous book, was a finalist for the Oklahoma Book Awards. So it was like I was it was destiny. So wow. here I am. I so. That is really cool. That and I really, really cool enjoyed story. researching, learning about my new state. You know, I drove over mm-hmm. there. I talked to the deputy police chief of the Creek Nation. I saw archaeological sites. Cool. It was awesome. So, and then, the, cool. as and I'm supposed to be reviewing Donna's book, which was wonderful. And her book is set in that same area. It's set in East Oklahoma. Now, do so you know her? That, do you know the girl I, I do now. Yes, yeah, she rewrite for the same publisher. And she lives very near the publishing houses in Scottsdale. And so every time a book comes out, I go down to the publisher's bookstore and sign. Mm -hmm. And she frequently comes to the signings because she lives nearby. And so we've met uh, because of that. And then when I moved to Oklahoma, we started up a correspondence, you know. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) So I was really tickled to get to read her book um, because knowing her, it sort of just gave another layer of it but um but i do recommend it even to people who don't know donna's because it's a um, well i'm interested too because the oklahoma thing i'm not a native either Mm -hmm. right so getting the oklahoma flavor has to be from other sources right and a lot of times the people who actually live here don't articulate that very well right they really don't but Mm -hmm. we don't notice it well, you already thing. know. And right. They can't. It's just normal. Right. right. They can't articulate it because most people, the average Joe is not a good storyteller. Mm-hmm. Not your Joe, of course. <laughs> <laughs> people just aren't. They're mm-hmm. not good storytellers. Um, there's a, just a small percentage of people who are writers and, mm-hmm. and people who uh, can actually give a, a history in a way that will make it interesting. All right. And compelling for other people to learn about. Of course, there are storytelling cultures where that's more common. Yes. Because I'm from the South. And, I have not You know, we used to sit around, people. you know, you, the, what you did was sit around and eat cookies and listen to the old people tell stories, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, so it really helps in my current line of work. Yeah, I bet. I bet you got some good stories that I've way. used some of them in books, too. <laughs> okay. Um, so give us the title and artist of the book. The one Old time. Buzzard Had It Coming, which is the first Alifair Tucker mystery by Donis Casey. Um, and it actually is the, it's currently on sale because the publisher re-released the first books in our series and made them cheaper. And, and didn't you say Full Circle? <laughs> full Circle. I don't know if they have Donis's. I forgot to check. They have okay. mine, Full okay. Circle Books, here in Oklahoma City. Okay. Um, but wherever fine books are sold, you can either find them or ask them to order them. Right. So if you are in Canada, for example, yes. you're from people in Canada, in, Canada. Yeah, in uh, libraries and in bookstores. As a matter of fact, as we were sitting talking just before the podcast, Mariana said, hey, that's the Canadian version <laughs> of the book, because Bonnie also is going to review yes. one of Mariana's books. Mm-hmm. Um, so all you Canadians, eh? <laughs> you, you Canadians can read about Florida and Oklahoma, which have totally different climates from yours. Yeah, and you can either be glad you're not in the heat, 
or pretend you're not in the snow. It's, exactly. It can go either way. You know? However you want to do. Yeah. Tornadoes here and hurricanes in Florida. That's right. Mm-hmm. All right. So I guess we'll move on to Vani now, which is an obvious segue. <laughs> <laughs> and I read um, Effigies, which what which book is that? In it's the, the third. It's the third. And I thought this was interesting because it's actually in based in Mississippi in Neshoba County. Mm-hmm. Is that right? And my mom moved to Oklahoma from Neshoba County. Now, that gives me chills because there aren't many people in Neshoba no, County. No, it's a, it's very, a very rural small. area. Where in mm-hmm. Neshoba County? Did you live in Neshoba County? I did not. I had never been there before okay. with that book, but I had heard of the Neshoba County Fair all my life. Oh. And then when I was an adult, I heard about the civil rights history and the uh, and the history of the Choctaw Nation. Yes. And I, I when I heard all of that happen in this this very lightly populated part of the mm-hmm. state, I'm going. If I can't get a book out of that, I'm not a writer, and I might as well quit. Right. Well, the town that my mom moved here from had a population of 550 people. Oh, so it wasn't Philadelphia. No, no, no. it wasn't very far away from Philadelphia, uh-huh. and that's where um, I kind of caught it because I'm. You know, I I have never lived in Mississippi. I'm actually from New York, so oh, okay. <laughs> that's why I asked you about oh, okay. the New you York. Have to tell me where you're from. <laughs> <clears throat> but um, my mom moved down to Mississippi after I moved to Oklahoma. Oh, when I first started reading this, because I was just at home and I don't remember if I was by myself and my son was watching sports, but I started reading it and they started talking about Philadelphia, and I was like, Philadelphia. Neshoba County. So I text my mom. I'm like, what county did you live in? Mm -hmm. And she told me, and I'm like, I'm reading a book about that right now. (laughs) (laughs) And um, she actually lived just a couple streets away from where they found the bodies of the civil rights activists. And there was an Indian mound down the street from her house. That's so cool. Which that's what this book is about. It's about um, an archaeology team who's hired by the highway state highway where they build roads Mm -hmm. can't think of the name of the department um to survey transportation okay yeah there there you Mm -hmm. go i'm just guessing (laughs) something like that to survey the land because they want to build a new road they want to work on the roads and um they're uh digging up a lot of like broken pots and everything old right and usually they have to stop when they find stuff like that, aren't they required? Right. Well, the, it depends. If it's human remains, absolutely. Well, yeah. Right. But and it, that's what it, they're checking. Yeah. But ordinarily, and then the, what phase there is to prevent that from happening, to see if there's anything there before they start building the oh. road, which is common practice these days. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a very boring thing for an archaeologist to have to do, but that's what, what pays you the bills. Have to do. That's the bread yeah. and butter. Yeah. yeah. Well, one of the good things is, is one of the people on the archaeology team they call him Oki. I can't remember what his full name is, but his family lives like right next to them. I think it's on, actually on his property. Pretty much. The mound. Yeah. Right. So, Well, the mound is across the street from his property. Well, I thought that was the um, the mound of the guy who was murdered. It was. Was across the street. They're mm-hmm. working on, because they want to work on that mound mm-hmm. at, at the beginning of it. Right. But anyway, so somebody's cool. killed. Obviously, good because it's a mystery. So <laughs> somebody has to kill to die. <laughs> But he was kind of a bad man. He yeah. would kind of be like you know mm-hmm. the buzzard that they killed in your book. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, but of course you know it turns into a murder mystery, so on and so forth. And 
they have a lot of the civil rights in this. One thing I liked about this book, because I'm not a mystery reader whatsoever. In fact, I was really surprised she picked that up because she does not like mysteries. I don't. I'm, I'm the mystery girl. <laughs> Every once in a while, especially if it has a supernatural twist, mm-hmm. I really like it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm just not a huge mystery person. But I liked the fact that this had a lot of historical facts uh, put through the books. And I like the fact that there's a lot of the stories about the Choctaw people mm-hmm. um, that's told by Oki's mom, most of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting. And I really loved to read about the families, especially Oki's family, because his household sounded a lot like my grandma's when she lived in Mississippi. I could like see her house when I'm reading it and them going in and out the backsliding door. To... So you really got that personal connection in there. That, right. That... So that helped. I mean, the mystery, it was good and it was a well-written book. I just am not a mystery. We, we had this discussion, was it last week? Mm-hmm. See, because I really love Louise Penny. Oh, her, is, I hear good things. Mm-hmm. I haven't yes. read her. I love yeah. Louise Penny. But she's a Canadian. She's a Canadian mm-hmm. writer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is she Canadian? Well, her mystery is I believe she is. Canada, yeah. But um, maybe that's why the Canadians love us so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, if they listen to last week, they might not like me so much. Well, yeah, because she panned it because she doesn't like I didn't mysteries. care for it. I mean, it was well written and I mm-hmm. liked the writing in but it. she just doesn't like mysteries. But I right. didn't like the story. And if the, if the, the main character, if the detective... Mm-hmm. If I can connect somehow with that, if they're like severely flawed or something. She loves flawed characters. Yeah, because um, I'm flawed. So, right. you know, <laughs> I, if there's a, if there's a character, you know, the main character is too perfect. Well, then I'm like, well, just showing off your <laughs> perfect hair and how oh, you're such a wonderful person. I just can't read you anymore. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, we had this discussion last time because I'm, I'm a huge Louise Penny fan. I just love her writing. is like poetry to me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I have been gushing forever to Vani about Louise Penny. So she finally reads one and then she's like, eh. eh. Oh, no. Like, no, what? It's, it's what? because the, the detective was just I know, interesting. I know, blah, 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 blah. To me. But this book, um, if you're not a huge mystery fan... There's enough historical fiction in it, especially, you know, when you because it also has a twist in there along with the murder is you have a former senator who was um, beaten back in 1965. And that was never it. I mean, that, and he's an African-American and right? he's African-American. Right. So that plays into the civil rights thing that happened oh. in Neshoba County. Which was actually a huge deal because I looked it up after. It was one of the most notorious hate crimes of the civil rights era. <laughs> because, you yeah. know, if I find something interesting in a novel, I will she stop and I will I research it <laughs> for half a day on the Internet because I'm like, ooh, let's see what this happens. For me, oh, oh my I'm God, totally like, oh, cool. And I just keep reading because I'm all about the story. I'm all about the mystery. I don't care about all that other business. I even stopped to make sure that there wasn't a M. Netflix documentary on it. Oh, is there? I haven't seen no. it. Oh, no, there's too bad. There's one about a hate crime in Tulsa, Oklahoma, though. Oh, yeah. I have a friend who's written a book about that. Yeah. <laughs> but, so mine wasn't as quite of uh, total love as Martha was of the books, but I still liked it. Okay. I would still recommend it to somebody because it was great writing and um, 
We wouldn't have you on the show just to diss you. Oh, no. I promise. <laughs> no, but I have to at least be honest. That's it right. wasn't. No, I would still only give teasing. it a 4.5 out of 5. Oh, that's all right. But, that's and that's only because I'm not a mystery fan. Right. But, you know, it still was interesting enough because of the historical. I was really surprised she read it, honestly. I really was. I and like, I really, really? liked really? I really liked Oki's character. What's his full name? Oki. His, his, his name is actually a story. It's I, I can't say it properly as far as the Choctaw pronunciation. Mm-hmm. It's something like Okafobi. Yeah, something with the, like with that. that like the the French on kind of uh-huh. sound. But her, his name for the whole time I was writing the book was Akshakla. Because I I always tell my students never trust the internet, but sometimes they'll use it for a first cut research, you know. Mm-hmm. So I I checked the internet and I looked for Choctaw names and I wanted a peaceful name because in so many uh, names are, are you know man of, of war, he's mm-hmm. strong, strong arrow, you know things like mm-hmm. that. Uh, and so this Okshakla meant um, running wa- quiet water. Mm-hmm. Deep water. That's what deep water. Deep water. And that really cool. suited his character. And I thought, okay, he'll mm-hmm. be Akshakla. And so I spend the whole book trying to figure out a way to introduce myself to somebody who's a Choctaw in Mississippi without just like accosting me in, in the convenience store. <laughs> Excuse like, me. So, Excuse me. so you you're Choctaw? Choctaw. Yeah. What's it like? <laughs> you know, I just couldn't do that. I wanted to, you know, and so I went through the trial. <laughs> yeah, I would do. That would be me too. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a scary white girl, promise. I just want to talk to you. That's right. <laughs> so I went to their tribal archaeologist who was fascinating and helpful but white, and their tribal <laughs> archivist who was fascinating and helpful but white. Uh, but they introduced me to some people, and one of them was a woman who uh, went away to college and became a judge, came home and became a judge. Uh-huh. So I wanted someone like who was Akshakla who had that conflict of being more educated than his family and having been exposed to a different world. And that intergenerational things really ramped up when that happened. So Mm -hmm. all of that was working out. And so when I finally, and I'm nearly finished with the book, and I finally get in touch with some people who can help me. And so I'm just double checking things that, you know, Mm -hmm. and I said, so Akshakla, that means deep water, right? She goes, Maybe in Oklahoma. <laughs> and I go, what does it mean? She, I, what I said, she says, I don't know. <laughs> so, so I said, well, how do you say deep water? And she said, Okahafabi. Except I can't say it the way she did. Oh. And so I had to change his name okay. at the last moment. Mm. So fortunately, well, global like- research search and replace works really well on something like Akshakla. <laughs> you know, it's it's done. <laughs> well, I liked his character. He's, he was an interesting character, I thought, because he was... Had the curiosity kind of like a child. Curiosity of a child, but yet he was an adult. Yeah. I don't know. He just was interesting to me. I'm glad you, I like him too. I'm glad so you let's have the title and artist of the book you read again. It was um, Effigies by Mary Anna Evans. Who's sitting right here. Uh, hello. And, That's so awesome. Yeah, like I said, I would recommend I feel it. like my tail's wagging constantly <laughs> while we're in here. <laughs> we have an author. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> quite all right. I'll just be get too enthusiastic. I'm, I'm armed. Yeah, I've got a big, there's a big plastic screen between me and them because this is a radio station and we use it to prop things on so I can kind of see them through the plastic. And this might actually be a guide or a guard against being hit by those damn Nerf guns I just gave all of them. I have a Nerf gun story that although it's not book related, okay. I would like to hear it. When my son was 
eight or so. His birthday was Halloween, so he had the best parties, you know, mm-hmm. come in costume. My son's a September. Okay. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, Halloween birthday. And we, you know, had standards when we were growing up, and they were not allowed to have guns or weapons or mm-hmm. anything like that. There were plenty of other toys they can play with. So, apparently, his friends felt the lack. So, for his eighth birthday, they showed up, and the presents get opened in it's all weapons. Every yep. single present. And we, we weren't so strict that we were going to throw out gifts other people gave him. So, right. so so there's the whole table full of weapons and little boys in costumes. And then they go out front and have a war. And there's like a Nerf. Because uh, half of them were Nerf. Half of them, mm-hmm. I don't know what they were. There was like a Nerf arrow on our... our um, roof for an embarrassing period of time until somebody got a ladder to go up there and fetch it. <laughs> but, you know, it's America. You can't not have guns. So. I, I went through the same thing with my son when I was uh, a, a first. I just have the one son. And I did not allow anybody to buy him guns. And I did not buy him guns until he started. I bought him Tinker Toys. And he mm-hmm. made guns out of his Tinker Toys. <laughs> they just do it. It's genetic. It is. <laughs> So Can't finally, finally, I gave in, and the Nerf guns came to live at our mm-hmm. house, and we've had Nerf guns. That, in fact, I think we still have some Nerf guns at our house, and he's 18. <laughs> I have a Nerf gun at my house. I'm 24. So there you go. See? Yeah. I'm pretty sure we have Nerf guns at our house, and my son's 18. <laughs> but I shot my first gun when I was eight. Like yeah. an actual actual gun? Uh-huh. Yeah, like a pistol. We lived out in the country, so... <laughs> I got to live the, like a real kid's life. You can see the other. I got to go explore the woods by myself all day and not. Have well, I did to that really? too, but I didn't. I wasn't armed. Uh, yeah, well, me too. I, got I was to looking shoot for arrowheads actually <laughs> when I was walking through the woods behind Man, my house. I love looking for arrowheads. It's like my favorite sport. But you're not supposed to pick them up. We did. We picked them up. We, we picked them up. I mean, what are you not going to pick them up? We picked them up. Of course, we picked them up. Yeah. You can't tell a little kid think, not to pick them up. I thought surface collecting was okay. No. I I guess it depends on. The interpretation of the Game and Fish. Okay. Or not the Game and Fish, but the uh, BLM. Okay. The BLM are very strict up there. Okay. And if Even they see you out collecting, they will bust you. And they In will Wyoming? take whatever you have and- On and your own property? Prosecute you. Well, not on your own property. Oh, okay. Well, that's- I mean, Of course, I, was, I wasn't on my own property either, and I wasn't. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. But I did, you know, because it was just the woods behind the house, you know. You I don't, don't know whose they were, but- See, that's the thing, is yeah. that- and we could go on for days about mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. because I grew up in a state where there are more antelope than there are people. <laughs> I'm not joking. That is really not a joke. There are more antelope than there are people in Wyoming. I believe it. There are less than 500,000 people in the state of Wyoming. Wow. Mm. It might be a little more than 500,000 now, but it's pretty, right. it's pretty close. That sounds bad. In the whole state. That sounds awful. A lot of wide open spaces. Well, it depends on what you like to do. If you like to rock hunt, you're in heaven. That's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of BLM land there. Wow. But it's so so empty. I mean, there's nobody there. What's BLM land? Uh, Bureau of Land Management, okay. which means the land is owned by the United States of America and by the mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you probably can't take those airheads. Yeah, yeah, probably but, not. You know. They're very particular about that sort You of know, thing. my problem was I never found them. I gave, in the books, I gave Faith this talent of being a finder because some mm-hmm. people like I had a daughter that was always the one that found $20 bills on the floor <laughs> of uh-huh. stores and stuff I would have stepped over it you know and she would find it and then you know so and then I'd make her take it up front and give her a character lesson or whatever but anyway she could find stuff and my mother was a finder and so I'd be walking through the woods and what, what after a hurricane there was a tree down 
And Mama looked down, and there was a, the root ball of the tree just laying on top of it. It's a perfect point, which I still have. I had walked right past it, and it was just laying there. So and My brother-in-law's like that. Yeah. He's a pattern spotter, I guess, mm-hmm. because he can look out across the expanse of sagebrush and... I've known hunters like that, yeah, too. They can see you know, creatures out there that And I, I can see. look out. I can be walking right in front of him and totally miss it. And he'll go, oh, hey. Yeah. yeah. No! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, where were we? I'm sorry. I, see, this is why the guns, because I the lose guns. my place where I'm at. We just I got done with energies. Did yes. everyone do their book? Yeah, I think so. I think we did. Okay, so we can do some um, some some little wrap it up stuff that All we right. can talk about where to get your books, talk okay. about your website. Yep, my website is www.mariannaevans.com. Uh, my my contact is information is on there. So you know, if you have questions or comments, drop me an email. I'm on Facebook um, as Marianna Evans, and also with a page special page, Marianna Evans, author of the Faye Longchamp. Mysteries. So you can follow that and find out when the new books are coming out. When I'm, I've been out and about lately doing a lot of signings because the book is new. So I've been several places in Oklahoma. I was going to go get a hardcover of Burial so she could sign it for me. I have one. (laughs) (laughs) I brought one. Yeah. (laughs) I've been to Arizona. I've been to several places in uh, Oklahoma. I've been to uh, Alabama. This, and the book just came out last month, so I've been moving around quite a, oh, wow. quite a bit. Um, so, you, you know, if you're on the fan page, you'll find out when I'm coming and going. Uh, I'm also on Twitter, although I don't really understand Twitter as well as I do Facebook. <laughs> I do it. I'm not very good at Twitter either. Not very yeah. good at Twitter. And for um, our Canadian people, are you going to Canada? I have not, but I very well might sometime soon. That's awesome. Um, and then, you know, the books are available at all your usual book buying establishments. If they don't have it on the shelf, they can all get it because they're in the warehouse cheek by jowl with Stephen King. That's right. Uh, so, and uh, yeah. they have them on Amazon. Yeah, all, the, all the online retailers. And then I'm very widely distributed in libraries. My publisher does a very good job with libraries. Yes, very I good. Know because that's in, where I found it was in the library. Yeah, and I know I'm in Canadian libraries and perhaps in other countries. I'm, I don't always know where I am. So, but, but I've I don't heard, always know where I am. I love that. <laughs> that's true. Actually true of me physically. <laughs> like me. I'm kind of known know for that. But, uh, but yeah, no, I know I know you can find them in Canada and in, anywhere that the online retailers will mail. But I always do encourage people to go to, to their local store if they can because right. then you get to keep your local store. But, right. right. That's very the tax true. dollars come back to your county or your, right. your state. That's, That's absolutely right. right. And we'll have yeah. to say that these, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that these would be good for adults and also young adults. Yeah, they're actually read in some schools. Are they? Uh, which was There's a really a a shock to me stuff, because yeah. I you know, I had adults in mind and they're, they're strong themes. You know, the first... Someone is raped, but it's off screen, you know, but it happens and someone's pregnant and, you know, things happen. But because there's no on screen sex and not a lot of violence and not a lot of language, the schools have been okay uh, with them. And so they're uh, frequently read. And there's a a weird little sideline of some people read the books in their math classes. Weird. Wow. Really? It's really weird because, you know, well, I have the math and science background and and that crops up in the cause and effect and, you know, the ways that I write the books. But sometimes who you are just kind of bleeds through and you don't know. So uh-huh. I got an email from my high school geometry teacher who said, <laughs> she said, I saw your mother in the grocery store. 
which I heard a lot of when my mother was alive. If there was anyone in Hattiesburg, Mississippi that did not know about my books, it was not my mother's fault. <laughs> and so, so Mrs. Harrison says, I saw your mother in the grocery store and she told me about your book and I bought it and I read it and there's geometry in there. And I'm going, oh, get out of town. You know, there's not. There is not. She says, check page 200. And it was there. <laughs> and it was a clue. And it was, uh, you know, I, I'll tell you after the thing because I want to spoil it for people. But it was absolutely there. She said, I could teach like three geometry lessons that, that are on the state standards from that, that scene. And I'm going, well, that's interesting. And she says, and I've retired from the Mississippi Public Schools and I'm a consultant. And our consulting group goes out to underperforming schools and helps them live up to federal standards that require you to read in all the classes. But nobody really teaches you how to read in the math classroom. Mm-hmm. So we find scenes that you can develop lesson plans from. That is so cool. And so I worked with them for a time. Not, you know, just I just go over there and we we do a couple of appearances. I didn't work for them, but we um, we, we spoke at several Mississippi State educators um, gatherings and at one national. I went to we went to the National Council of Teachers of English and spoke. And I met a woman there who specialized in this stuff, and we wrote a book together that called so cool. Mathematical Literacy in the Middle and High School Grades. Cool. Which is yeah, so it's out there, and we wrote some journal articles. So, um, so yeah, it's read in the schools in that way too. But it's also just kind of read for fun. Also, I've spoken. I, there was a class, school I went to that had an African American literature um, class, and my heroine is an African American, so mm-hmm. they're read in that kind of class too. That's sweet. That's great. Once See? again, please go buy Marianne Evans's books. They are awesome. <laughs> Especially Thank because you. she's now on this podcast. And, you know, we're awesome. So there you go. <laughs> and at the end, we do a little thing uh, where we say three book girls at the end. Okay. So do you want to join? Sure. Okay. Just together. All right. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's going to do it for three, three book, book girls. girls.